You are now listening to the smooth, mellifluous sounds of Red's Room Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm your co-host, Jake. And today we are talking about the Count of St. Germain. As always, our references are in the episode description. Okay, let's get into a little backstory about this count before we dive into the many, many, many legends and things about him. So, the Count of St. Germain was a mysterious gentleman who appeared among the royal families of Europe in the 18th century. He is said to have made far-fetched claims, such as being 500 years old, leading Voltaire to dub him the Wonder Man, and that he is a man who does not die and who knows everything. I'll add Voltaire was saying that sarcastically, but still a cool quote to have about you. It is a pretty dope quote. Yeah. And Prince Charles of Hesse Castle is recorded as having called him, quote, one of the greatest philosophers who ever lived. That one is not sarcastic. Quite the title. Yeah, that is cool. Um, His varied and unique talents reportedly include chemistry, alchemy, music, and magic. He had no visible means of support, but no lack of resources either. From historical and personal reports, he has been at various times considered a prophet, a charlatan, a healer, a spy, and a visionary. Of his real name or parentage and birthplace, nothing is definitively known. The common version is that he was a Portuguese Jew. He knew nearly all the European languages. He was a musical composer and a capable violinist. His knowledge of history was comprehensive and his accomplishments as a chemist, on which he based his reputation, were in many ways considerable. He pretended to have a secret for removing flaws from diamonds and for transmuting metals. What I get from this is he is a Chad. (laughs) Jack of all trades, alchemist, freaking... Yeah, and his his uh, musical, uh, he composed a lot of music. He was a violinist. It's still, uh, you can look it up to this day, it's still really amazing music. Yeah, very talented guy. Yeah, he definitely knew what he was doing. Um, and as far as an alchemist or chemist, from the tales of him, it seems like he was very, very skilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from... Some of the stuff I found, too, he was skilled with the ladies, too. Like, the guy did not give a shit at all. Like, just a talented individual. Yeah, it seemed like he was skilled with the ladies, but also, like, not interested in them. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a sh- He does not care. Yeah, they were very attracted to him, and he enjoyed their company, but not their company in that way. It- it's pretty interesting. He seems like a real renaissance man. Like, today, I yeah. think we would call him a polymath. Yeah, renaissance man, I can totally get down with that. 100% he was. Yeah, and today we would call him a polymath, just like a genius in multiple things. Uh, so, let's talk about his origins a little. 
Um, the Count claimed to be son of Francis uh, Ricosi, the Prince of Transylvania, which could possibly be unfounded. Um, there's actually multiple theories, so but we're going to read this one. So, However, this would account for his wealth and fine education. The will of Francis Ricosi mentions his eldest son, Leopold George. So, the Count could be Leopold George. Um, who was believed to have died at the age of four. The speculation is that his identity was safeguarded as a protective measure against the persecutions of the Habsburg dynasty. At the time of his arrival in Schleswig in 1779, St. Germain told Prince Charles of Hessel Castle that he was 88 years old. This would place his birth at 1691, when Francis Ricosi was 15 years old. So, what this is saying is that this theory is plausible. Yeah. And timeline-wise, it fits. And this is where we get his uh, birth date being 1691, because he's kind of mysterious. So, from him talking to his buddy Prince uh, Prince Charles, uh, not the Prince Charles now, Prince Charles of Hessel yeah. Castle, different guy, but uh, pretty interesting here. Like Red said, it's a lot of mystery. No one really knows. Yeah, like, he was a really interesting guy that everyone wanted to know more about. Mm-hmm. Like, there's you can dig into a bunch of different sources and find a bunch of different answers. Some people think he's like as old to be around in the biblical times who who really knows but yeah and we'll touch on that a little more as, as we get into him as far as giving a little opinion this sounds more about more right to me but no one knows yes let's continue his origins here so a little more facts saint germain was supposedly educated in italy by the last of the medicis jean gadstone his alleged mother's brother-in-law. He was believed to be a student at the University of Siena. Throughout his adult life, he deliberately spun a confusing web to conceal his actual name and origins, using different pseudonyms excuse me, in the different places of Europe that he visited. And that's interesting, too. So that is... Uh, it ex- it would explain if he was educated um, um, by the last of the Medicis uh, and he was royalty and if he was, in fact, uh, a genius or extremely intelligent, it would explain why he knows so many languages and why he is so, um, you know, guarded to his origins if he was the son of Francis Ricosi. Um, it makes... This this origin makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the whole thing of him, I guess... Him saying? Yeah, and him going by different names or whatever because oh, yeah. he was supposedly died at the age of four. I, it's a, it's a weird freaking little origin story, but it's a cool little setup. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Man in the Iron Mask, but in a different way, totally different way. Uh, but... Uh, it's like, yeah, this kid was, you know, it actually reminds me more of Moses. Like the kid is, okay. uh, the kid's born, but uh, they're worried he's going to be killed. So they hide him off somewhere. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's probably a better example than that. But so I they're down with that one. They were they were worried about him. They sent him off. Said he died, protected him, and then over sent him over here and got him trained by the medicines and uh, got him educated. Pretty cool. Pretty cool story. We're gonna get into cooler stuff though. Yes. <laughs> um. So we're gonna get into where we really start learning about him um so saint germain appeared in the french court around 1748 and in 1749 he was employed by louis the 15th for diplomatic missions um this is where at around this time there was a mime and english comedian known as milord gower who impersonated Saint Germain in Paris salons. And this is where his stories of the count, they were much wilder than the real counts. He even said that uh, the, the count advised Jesus. And I don't know all of them, kind of lost the history, but this is where the legend of the count really grows. And so this, this mime and comedian is going on impersonating him and making up all these crazy things about him. The guy's already a genius and mysterious. Now this guy's spreading all these things about him, and he just grows into this legendary character. Yeah. I think this could definitely, like, connect into the fact that maybe his legend got blown up a little bigger than maybe it should have, but... uh... Yeah, I would say... No, because he is awesome on his own. Yeah, he's aw- but the whole like Jesus stuff and yeah, it definitely muddied the waters. Yeah, but I, that's a that's a better way to say it. Muddied the waters, one hundred percent. But from what we know of the count, I bet he loved it. Yeah, I bet he loved he, having all these legends about him to yeah, play. Yeah, he off probably of. just didn't give a shit. Thought it was funny. He, he honestly might. I could see him playing into it. Oh, totally. Yeah. could see him playing into it. Let's talk about another character here famous person you might have heard of him casanova <laughs> okay so casanova describes in his memoirs several meetings with the quote celebrated and learned imposter end quote um here's what he writes of his first meeting with the count in paris in 1757 he writes quote the most enjoyable dinner i had was with Madame de Robert Giri, sorry if I butchered that, um, who came with the famous adventurer known by the name of the Count de Saint-Germain. This individual, instead of eating, talked from the beginning of the meal to the end, and I followed his example in one respect as I did not eat, but listened to him with the greatest attention. It may safely be said that as a conversationalist, he was unequaled. This extraordinary man, intended by nature to be the king of impostors and quacks, would say in an easy, assured manner that he was 300 years old and that he knew the secret of the universal medicine, that he possessed a mastery over nature, that he could melt diamonds professed himself capable of forming out of 10 or 12 small diamonds one large one of the finest water without any loss of weight. All this, he said, was a mere trifle to him. 
Notwithstanding his boastings, his barefaced lies, and his manifold eccentricities, eccentricities, eccentricities. Uh, it's like Worcestershire sire. Yeah, um, W sauce. Yeah. I, like, I, I like to call it. <laughs> uh, he's eccentricities. I cannot say I thought him offensive. In spite of my knowledge of what he was and in spite of my own feelings, I thought him an astonishing man as he was always astonishing me. So one thing I take from this is, like, I feel like this just shows, like, how dope St. Germain was. Not only... Did what was his name? Casanova. This is the guy talking about him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The Casanova. The Casanova. Uh, he Saint Germain was so interesting and so cool to listen to. You're not even picking at your meal. Like you're just locked in to what this dude has to say. I actually think Casanova was probably like that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it that was, was a, a cool way to put too, it. But even the fact that that's even. I mean, you know, they were eating good too. Yeah, but. To me, like Casanova is an interesting character yeah, he, himself, and was looking, known as a ladies' man. Yeah. But even he is like, he's like, I think this guy is full of shit, but he does it so good that I'm interested. Like, I just want to hear his stories. He's it's he's so good at spinning these crazy stories, but they're so interesting the way he does it. Yeah, but that's what I yeah, get from it. No, that's true. But even the. The small diamonds to the large to the large one, the the finest diamond with. I mean, maybe he's over exaggerating a bit, but right the way he puts it, I really want to believe it. But I I think everyone wants to believe it. I think that's part of why <laughs> yeah. we like it. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Maybe he did. Don't don't. He's don't. a magical chemist, alchemist. I don't know. Uh. But I thought that was cool. The, now I want to tell, get into this story a little bit. So we're getting the legend of him. But this is where it gets. I feel like this is where the legend of him, like really, it gains a little bit of weight to it, and it really takes off. Because um, this one is a little harder to um, uh, disprove. It it actually okay. you know. This has got a little, little more firm. There's something to this one. Okay. It, it could be, you could dismiss it in ways, but uh, it is cool nonetheless. I like it. So, in an anecdote from 1760, most likely gave rise to the notion that St. Germain could be immortal. In Paris that year, Countess von... Gu- How do you say that? Georgie or Gorgie? Gorgie, Georgie, yeah. Um, Heard that a Count de Saint-Germain had arrived from a soiree at the home of Madame de Pompadour, mistress of King Louis XV of France. The elderly Countess was curious because she had known a Count de Saint-Germain while in Venice in 1710. Upon meeting the Count again, she was astonished to see that he hadn't appeared to age and asked him if it was his father she knew in Venice. So this is a 50-year gap. And, and Mans hasn't aged. He's still looking good. Like, Yeah, that's hard to... Ex- even now, 
50 years, you're going to show yeah, something. Yeah, this was before stem cells. This was before Botox. Like, Hey, that's one of my theories, <laughs> that he <laughs> oh, was sucking shit. down stem cells. Dude. I was going to say that later. So I did not mean to spoil that. I just It was more, yeah. of, a, it was more of a joke theory. Dude, I don't really believe that. I, I want to believe it now that you think it is, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to throw it out as a joke one. Yeah. But yeah, so in 50 years. So uh, here's, here's some of the conversation. Um, after she asked if she if it was his father that she knew, he says, "No, madam," he replied. But I myself was living in Venice at the end of the last and the beginning of this century. I had to honor to pay you court then, or I had the honor to pay you court then. Forgive me, but that is impossible," the perplexed countess said. "The Count de Saint Germain I knew in those days was at least forty-five years old." And you, at the outside, are that age at present. Madame, I am very old, he said with a knowing smile. But then you must be nearly a hundred years old, said the astonished countess. That is not impossible, the count told her matter-of-factly, then continued to convince the countess that he was indeed the same man she knew with the details of their previous meeting and of life in Venice fifty years earlier. And then the Count recounted to her a number of familiar little details, which had reference in common to both to their sojourn in the Venetian states. That's a weird sentence. Um, He offered, if she still doubted him, to bring back to her memory certain circumstances and remarks, which, no, no, interrupted the old Countess, I am already convinced. For all that you are a most extraordinary man... A devil. For pity's sake, exclaimed St. Germain in a thundering voice, no such names. He appeared to be seized with a cramp-like trembling in every limb and left the room immediately. Dude. Weird. is a crazy encounter. Man's dropped a... He dropped a couple bars and then just just limped. (laughs) Just limped out of the room. that's That's a cool, man. The only thing I have to say, though, and I don't want to call bullshit because this is a, I'm like I'm getting into this like yeah you know, but I'll, do we really know for sure that that's what was said? Like I, recounting I, these quotes, I feel like it's pretty well documented. Okay, but All right. hey, who knows? No, I I you know I just want to I can be pessimistic sometimes. Like I I want to shoot yeah. this down because I'm just. It's, I've included the references, yeah. too, for anyone to cross-check. You know, anything this old, you know, yeah, kind of hard to know for sure. But this is a, a pretty important person, and it's a, it's, a, it's a cool story. I think I got a little cool, just a small one. Just stay on the, the topic of France. Uh, mm-hmm. So I kind of found this, a French court official. Uh, her name is Gabrielle Pauline, and I'm not going to say her last name. Google it on the wiki. Good luck to you. <laughs> but uh, so I found this uh, this small little section about her, just just going through different links and seeing her name, and I, I just went and did a copy and paste. And uh, there oh. is there's very little information about her on her wiki. But what is important is she was a French court official around this kind of time mm-hmm. that we've been going through the seven the mid 1700s. Yeah, time. when he appeared in France. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she supposedly claimed to know Saint Germain and had like 
apparently what I can get from this is she had met him a couple times and each time would have conversations with him. Uh, in one of her quotes, she, she quotes, I have seen St. Germain again each time to my amazement, end quote. But what the coolest thing is, is this, we're kind of getting some similarities in between where she says the same thing to where he always looked the same and looked in the mid forties range. So th that's a connection we can make there. But the, Interesting. Th the coolest part about this is that St. Germain allegedly told her the immediate future of France. And uh, we'll have the link down below where you can see this article. Oh man, now he's predicting yeah, the future. Yeah, but if this dude has like a, he's like a crystal ball of a human, can like, and I know this is a little dumb story, but if that is true, uh, he's a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you were gonna full say. Full potential Anakin no. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> literally he can predict the future. But I just thought that was a cool little throw-in to go with that. Yeah, it totally ties with her story. Mm -hmm. um, he's always. He always looks like he's mid forties. Mm -hmm. Doesn't age. Yeah, has uh, crazy knowledge he shouldn't yeah. have. Ninety nine charisma. You want to listen to him? You're just yeah. <laughs> you know, just just as she said each time to my amazement. Like he was just a one of a kind guy. The man has the cheat codes to the Matrix. No, yeah, no, he he knows that X X Y Y right. But you know, you're out. Right. Oh man, that's a cool one. Uh, so let's get into something crazy for the immortal saint germain uh death supposedly in, well dun, dun, dun. yeah uh supposedly in 1779 saint germain arrived in altona in schleswig where he made an acquaintance with prince charles of hesse castle where we mentioned in the beginning so this is where he finally meets him um, who also had an interest in mysticism and was a member of several secret societies. Freemasons. Yeah. Illuminati. Rosicrucians. <gasps> the Rosicrucians. <laughs> we just talked about them. Yeah. So uh, the Count showed the prince several of his gems, and he convinced the latter that he had invented a new method of coloring cloth. The prince was impressed and installed the count in an abandoned factory in Eckenford. He had acquired especially for the count and supplied him with the materials and cloths that St. Germain needed to proceed with the project. The two met frequently in the following years, and the prince outfitted a laboratory for alchemical experiments in his nearby summer residence, Louisenlund. You're nailing these pronunciations, some. by the way. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Uh, where they, among other things, cooperated in creating gemstones and jewelry. The prince later recounts in a letter that he was the only person in whom the count truly confided. He told the prince that he was the son of the Transylvanian prince Francis Rakosi and that he had been 88 years of age when he arrived in Schleswig. This is where we get the pre prevailing theory, predominant theory that he was that um, he was the that uh, child of Prince Francis yeah. that was pronounced dead, but they thinking he faked his death, and um, it's and this is also where we get his supposed birth 
birth date because he said he was 88 years when he showed up there. And this is the kind of weird thing, too, where we get that he's 88, and then he had the conversation with the lady earlier where he said he was much older. It's like, right. So I, I really. That's a good catch. Like, uh, I personally, you can poke holes in whatever you want because th- this, po- this whole topic of St. Germain, I think it's just fun. But what I get from this is that St. Germain just didn't give a fuck. Like, he just does right. not care. He, well, hey, if you are immortal, he saw <laughs> yeah. a good opportunity to say, yeah, I was I was his uh, his kid that died. That was actually me. Even though he probably still looks like he's 40. But, <laughs> I mean, but no, it's a little, little more plausible here, you know. Plausible or outrageous? I don't know. I guess just... The 88 makes more sense to me than a couple hundred, but still. 88 does make more sense. (laughs) Although, man. Honestly, that is old as shit, though. That's old now. And back then, that would be crazy old. And he's still running a lab and still looks like he's 45. He's still, I mean. So even even the fact that he's saying he's 88 and he's doing all that, that in itself, if he was, is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just, he's a a one-of-a-kind guy, man. Maybe. They don't make him like him anymore. Yeah, and he died. (laughs) Supposedly. Uh, So, the Count died in his residence in the factory on 27th February 1784 while the prince was staying in Castle, and the death was recorded in the register of the St. Nikolai Church in Eckenford. By the way, if I can find a printing of that, I will frame it on the wall. That is awesome. Yeah. He was buried 2nd of March, and the cost of the burial was listed in the accounting books of the church the following day. Interesting. The official burial site for the count is at Nikolai Church in Eckenford. He was buried in a private grave. Prince Charles donated the factory to the crown, and it was afterward converted into a hospital. The count's estate upon his death was a packet of paid and receipted bills and quittances. 82 Reichenthalers and 13 shillings, 29 various groups of items of clothing, 14 linen shirts, eight other groups of linen items, and various sundries. However, no diamonds, no jewels, gold, or any other riches were listed, nor were kept uh, cultural items from travels, personal items like his violin, which we know he loved and had. Mm-hmm. Or any notes of correspondence. And that is odd. I don't think the diamonds and jewels and gold and riches missing is odd. Because, hey, man, if back then, if someone died, even if you're a prince, you're taking all that shit. Yeah. Um, or whoever found him dead. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the prince was gone. So somebody else had to find him dead. Oh, and his him. house would have got. So you're going to take yeah. all of that. Maybe you do take the violin. So maybe that's not that odd. I would, but I yeah. think that there would be journals like of your alchemical oh, experiments and stuff. I don't think people would steal that. One hundred percent. Also, when you said thirteen shillings, I was hoping it was going to say shekels, but the sh- shillings. <laughs> and then whatever that other one, I I got to look up how to say this one. Reichstallers. Whenever I see Reich, I always think of Nazis. Oh, this is pre-Nazis. <laughs> it's not racist. It's money. Okay, money. Uh, but yeah, just. It's just kind of weird. Um, all they really found was some clothes. Yeah. I think that is weird. I think you would find at least a journal or something. 
And uh, like would, I said, yeah. the the prince wasn't there, so you'd think the church would have took it, unless unless they found it and covered it up. Either there was a cover up, or there was a mole that was just stealing shit, or yeah, the more fun part, he wasn't dead. No, this is the end of the story. So he died. Uh, this is it. End of podcast. Move on. <laughs> Dude, that would be such a bogus ending. That would be so lame. No, this is why he's awesome. So let's talk about this was what year was this? 1784. So he supposedly died 1784 at the age of uh, late 80s, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. OK, an old man back then. <laughs> Nowadays, he, that's like 120. Yeah, no, that totally is. Yeah, because people lived to be what, like thirty back then. Like you had a, at like thirteen years old, you had a wife and were working the fields. Yeah, dude, that right? is totally. I mean, yeah. Let's be honest here. Like a lot of a lot of people started early back then. But what I will say, you had to, man. <laughs> to, you didn't have that much time to give a little bit. Like eighty-eight isn't. I mean, it is crazy, but the the average lifespan is brought down because a lot of uh, children died at birth, or you know. True. Uh, women died in childbirth, but still, overall, the lifespan was a lot lower back then. They didn't have nutrition like we do overall now. Overall, it was. Mm-hmm. Or cleanliness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. You're going in chamber pots. I don't... <laughs> can't be uh, too good hygienic-wise. No. No. And then when you go to the doctor, I mean, they're, like, bleeding you. They're like, yeah. oh, you got to let the bad blood out. Yeah. <sighs> You're like, bro, I got a cold. Nah, you got to let the bad blood out. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to bleed you. Yeah. Put some leeches on you. You know? Oh, my. Dude. I'm... Next topic. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is insane. All right. So, <laughs> the dead count. Supposedly, this is why it's crazy. So, the prince wasn't even there for it. Someone buried him. I don't know. He's seen afterwards. So, let's talk about some sightings of the count. In 1867, the Count was seen at a meeting for the Grand Lodge of Freemasons in Milan. 1870, Napoleon III was so interested in the undying Count that he had a special commission put together to collect information on the Count. The commission was stationed at the Hotel de Ville. By the way, there's more sightings. I am only listing some of them but i have linked websites that have many more these are just some cool ones rapid fire you know get a few different years in here right there's been so many that napoleon the third he now has a whole team looking into this (laughs) his cia (laughs) is investigating back then his his yeah exactly Uh uh well there's no there's no google so he had his his special Google team put together, which back then was running around and <laughs> reading and interviewing and yeah, asking people, people going to a reading uh, old books. Bar. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, you do what you got to do. Witchcraft. Uh, but anyway, so in 1871, a mysterious fire breaks out at the Hotel de Ville, consuming the files Napoleon's commission had collected. So over a whole yeah. year, whatever they found, all of a sudden just burns down dude that pisses I mean, me off okay yeah it's it's suspicious but it's also not that crazy for the time dude i to could be fair little tinfoil hattie here i could see like saint germain figuring out that napoleon's trying to find him and he just fucking lights that up yeah. right right 
he just walks in. Yeah. He's just soiree like, just yeah. charming everyone. Just I, I picture uh you remember in Shrek when he walks through and he's he with uh which movie was that? And he's just like, Hey, uh hardly working, you know, just oh, blending uh, with all yeah, the guys. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Blend in. <laughs> totally cheesing him. Yeah. And then just burns the place and walks away. Mm-hmm. As you know, actually, I should started to make it comedic. <laughs> As, it was probably way smoother than that. Oh, dude, Trek's the man. Love him. You know, <sighs> let's get into a weird one. So, then in 1873, that was the theorized date of Madame Blavatsky. I'm gonna say that name again, Madame Blavatsky. That's a big name. It's already come up a few times. Um, sh- of her meeting the count. This is 85 years after meeting Baron Linden. I don't know why that's important. We'll probably find that out in another podcast. But Madame Blavatsky is the person who invented theosophy. Really? She invented it. She was the originator. She was some uh, psychic woman, supposedly seer. And, uh, yeah, she met the Count and sort of uh, helped perpetuate the legend that he was like a master and that is like a, some sort of, um, in a in a more religious sense, like a, uh, um, I'm 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 blanking on how I want to describe it, but uh, no, I get what you mean. Like he was like ascended and enlightened being, and like yeah. he he received his immortality by becoming enlightened, yeah, so to say. And so he met with her because she invented uh, theosophy, which is the main religion of the world now, right? Dude. Oh wait, it's not. <laughs> when, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it it's interesting. Well, we took a little pause earlier when uh, I thought I was gonna say something when uh, Napoleon shit got burnt down. Yeah, I thought it was a little much, but you know, I didn't say it, he did. As Joey would say, you know, someone threw a little Jewish lightning on there, called oh. it a day. <laughs> oh, and he was he was supposedly Jewish. Supposed so that it, it that could, there it is, man. Yeah, he definitely did it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so then in 1877, uh, he was seen in Milan at a Freemason meeting. I'm seeing a theme of Freemasons now. Then in 1896, Annie Besant made a claim to have met the Count. In 1896, Madame Blavatsky, again, made a claim to have met the Count and that she was in frequent in frequent contact with him. <clears throat> <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> it happens, man. <clears throat> okay, we're good. Uh, she also claimed that he was one of a group of immortals who came from a subterranean uh, country called Shambhala in the Himalayas. Why did she name it Sham? And to be Shambhala? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Sham, wow. I don't want to poke too much holes in theosophy. It's so, um, it's interesting. But, uh, yeah. I guess I'm saying I think she made it up. But either way, it's cool. Uh, man, I hope she did meet with the count. I'm going to, let me put it that way. I hope she did. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Regardless, we're going to keep going here. There's just, there's just a bunch of weird people claiming that they've seen him or, <laughs> or not, or just weird things. I saw him. I talked to him. I, Mm-hmm. You know, dude, this has got to be too like the beginning of Hollow Earth. She said a group of immortals <laughs> who came from a subterranean country. Yeah, dude, maybe that's yeah. That is, you know, it's I didn't gotta think about be it. the beginning of Hollow, of Earth, Hollow Earth, Earth. Yeah, there's a country under the Himalayas. That's yeah. kind of cool. I like it. 
and I, I think Theosophists probably totally buy into Hollow Earth. Oh, uh, I mean, at least some of them. Yeah, anyways. I, I it's, totally see it. It's cool. I get it. Uh, let's move on. So, August 1914. If you guys are up on your history, you would mm-hmm. know. 1914 was the year World War One started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 14 to 18. So, during World War One, two Bavarian soldiers captured a Jewish-looking man. Again, Jewish. Many people have said that he's Jewish. They've also called him the Wandering Jew. So Yeah. Um, anyway, so Jewish-looking man in Alsace. During the all-night interrogation, the prisoner of war stubbornly refused to give his name. Suddenly, in the early hours of the morning, the unidentified Frenchman, so I guess he was a Jewish Frenchman, um, got very irritable and started to rant about the futility of the war. He told his captors, quote, throw down your guns. The war will oh, end shit. in 1918 with defeat for the German nation and her allies, end quote, which is totally yeah. true. Yeah. That's crazy. No, that is, if this really did happen, that is fucking insane. That. And what what I was telling about earlier, how he told the the French politician the next future or the, uh-huh. the early future of France. This is way cooler. He gives a date, supposedly oh, for World War yeah, One to end. Yeah, this is and it's right. Yeah, that's great. It's cool. It's fucking insane, dude. Like so, straight up. Yeah, we like this one. Uh, so uh, one of the soldiers, Andreas Rill, laughed at the prisoner's words. He thought that the man was merely expressing the hopes of every Frenchman. But he was intrigued by the pri- prisoner's other prophecies. Um, quote, Everyone will be a millionaire after the war. There will be so much money in circulation, people will throw it from windows and no one will bother to pick it up. You will need to carry it around in wheelbarrows to buy a loaf. End quote the Frenchman predicted. Uh, was he referring to the rampant inflation yeah. of post-World War I in Germany, which did happen? Um, the soldiers scoffed at the prediction. They let the prophet ramble on. He gave them more future history lessons. Here's one. <clears throat> Quote, After the confetti money will come the Antichrist. A tyrant from the lower class who will wear an ancient symbol, Hmm. like a swastika. Yeah. He will lead Germany into another global war in 1939, but will be defeated six years on after doing inhuman, unspeakable things, end quote. Yeah, and that timeline just lines up so well. We got the... America got involved in 42. The war ends in 45. Like... Yeah. That's insane. Like, I like the ancient symbol, like the swastika. That's man. That one's ins- is very interesting. That's totally such a cool quote, man. I want to believe that it's real. Oh man, I do. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I want to know the details around where just, this came can from. Can I just talk to Saint Germain, man? Come on the podcast, please. Come on the podcast. <laughs> if not, talk to me and Jake. We yeah. want to talk to you, man. Yeah. We want to. I will set out. I will set up an alchemical lab right now, dude. 
100%. What do you need? Some beakers? <laughs> yeah. Let's Bunsen burners? Let's do it. Dude, I feel like, I mean, he's already got it on him. He, he just needs a little room. He's ready to go. <sighs> so interesting. If he's a charlatan, he's the best one in history. And apparently, if he is, multiple people over the course of time have had to pick up the mantle of him and continue the legend somehow. Dude, I feel like it's it's yeah. amazing. I, I don't know how you weave this story. I don't know how you do it. I feel like Saint Germain's like a he's like a motorcycle guy. He's got in his saddlebags, he's got all his alchemical shit ready to go. He's <laughs> he just, just does not care. I like set it. up anywhere. All right, let's not get too crazy. We'll dive into more at the end, so I'm gonna finish this story. Okay. Uh more on topic we uh we'll dive into it at the end we'll we'll just go off but uh so with these frenchmen uh the frenchman then started to become incoherent he started to sing uh this is saint germain they're referring to him the frenchman uh he started to sing then began to sob thinking he was mad the soldiers decided to let him go and he disappeared back into obscurity his identity is still unknown yep then August 1930, Guy Ballard met St. Germain on Mount Shasta in California. This started what is known as the I Am Activity, mm-hmm. also called the I Am Movement. Now, this one is interesting because Guy Ballard was a theosophist. And he started this, it's like a culty movement, actually, the I Am Movement. I think they get the I am. I actually, I'm not even going to say think. I am so sure they get the I am from the Old Testament in Exodus when um, Moses is talking to the burning bush, or God is talking to Moses through the burning bush, and he tells him that he's God. But the way he says he's God, he says, I am, I am. Mm -hmm. I think this is all from the King James translation of the Bible. I'm sure Guy Ballard was familiar with it, probably grew up reading it. And uh, he just is tying St. Germain into the legend. Maybe he did meet him, but this is a totally different St. Germain than from the legends um, in this movement. But it's still totally interesting. Yeah. It, it, to- everything surrounded on this, whether it's to- like you don't think it's real or you kind of think it's real, it's all cool to read and think about and yes. digest and... In this movement, they make him... So Guy Ballard takes Madame Blavatsky's um, master's idea, and he turns St. Germain into what he calls an ascended master. So basically saying St. Germain was a human that ascended, opened up his third eye, ascended like Jesus Christ. He, he thought Jesus Christ also was an ascended master. Ascended. They call Francis Bacon one. They call Buddha one. All these famous... Uh, intellectual or spiritual people who led people, yeah, figures that led people, they turn them and immor- immortalize them into what they call ascended masters. They have like an RPG like class system. It's a real interesting religion. Mm-hmm. It's really it's got some cool ideas. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I like I, it. I like it. I'm interested in it. Um, so that one that still goes on to this day. You can Google that, by the way. Um, but let's move on. So, 1945. This one I wanted to talk about. Um, this person wanted to m- remain anonymous. Mr. E.B. met with a Marcus S. 
Garmin, which that name is almost an anagram for Saint Germain, Count Saint Germain, yeah. Marcus S. Garmin. Yeah, um, who was reportedly much like the mysterious Count. He met him at Bohemian Grove, dude. Dude, which we covered, guys. If you haven't listened to that one, listen to it. But at the Bohemian Grove, this dude is meeting a guy <laughs> that seems like the Count with a name that's very like a similar anagram yeah. to the Count. Oh man, yeah. This one's. I wish I knew more about this, but this one is so interesting. Yeah, and that's what uh, it sucks about certain topics with this is there's just not a lot of information, man. Yeah, it's like they they get you in like the articles or whatever ever information like they pull you in instantly and it's like man I want more. That's what gets you. Yeah, your imagination gets you. Um, but yeah, so he meets him at the Bohemian Grove. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Um, the details were found by his grandson in his private journal after his death. So this Mr. E.B., he did not um, he did not betray the Bohemian Grove secrecy. This was in his journal. His grandson found it after his after he was dead, which unfortunately his grandson could not question him about it. I would love to know more, but uh, the date is approximate. But he thinks it was 1945 since there was a meeting at Bohemian Grove in regards to the Manhattan Project. I'm assuming he knows that his grandfather was there for some reason. Yeah. You can infer that. Yes. Um, real interesting. I, I heard in another podcast um, that they, they, they got a little more details on this one. And apparently um, the Marcus S. Garman, who seems like the Count, was drinking spring water with like a tincture that he had in his breast pocket. He was putting in there some sort of red drink. They didn't have Mio back then. Yeah, this was before Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's drinking something, and it sounds like the Count. He doesn't eat. He's just drinking his special whatever at the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Or blood. I mean, but, yeah. Stem cells. That comes later. He's, <laughs> he's doing something, and but um, it's, it's interesting. And then he also recounted a story of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Dude. and he recounted it like he was there. Yeah, it... Which is interesting. Super cool, man. So cool. So so good. I, I really wanted to include that one. And then I got one more, and then Jake has a few. So this is the last one. In the 1960s, Thomas Slemon claimed that he heard of a sighting of the Count at a political conference in Berlin. I'm guessing that he could have also been attending the March uh, 25th, 27th, 1966 Bilderberg Conference mm-hmm. in Hesse, that was being held at the Nasserhof Hotel, Wise, whatever that is, in West Germany. So that one, it's a little more ambiguous, but it's interesting that they are tying him to a Bilderberg conference. I feel like that kind of ties in. We're going from Bohemian Grove to him showing up at a Bilderberg conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, he's already meeting with Freemasons, and then now he's meeting with bohemian grove and built these are very important groups that control the world it's yeah 100 percent. interesting the count would show up so uh now let's get into some things jake found i've been waiting to hear him okay so i got into one 
I'm gonna start with the. I got like like two, two and a half. Save the best one for the end. Save the okay. We'll save the best one for the end. So I'll start with a little dumb one first. This is just a fun one. This is a little fun. Let's call it dumb. Let's call it fun. Okay, this is a little fun one. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about a guy named Richard Chanfrey. So uh, he was supposedly born in 1940, and like I said before, just a fun one. Probably bullshit, but uh, supposedly he grew up an orphan. Spent mm-hmm. some time in jail for crimes like theft. Uh, eventually, he became a, a pretty good uh, painter and sculptor. So he's, he's a talented individual that maybe messed up. Uh, where it gets cool is that in the 1971, he performs an alchemy uh, experiment on TV where he supposedly turns lead into gold. And I couldn't find a ton of information about it, but supposedly he later performed the same experiment in front of scientists. I didn't find anything like this, what the scientists thought. Is, so, isn't there a video of this? Yeah, there. Yes, there is a video. You and, can find it on YouTube. Yeah, it kind of. It doesn't look great. But, isn't he known as a magician though? He, yes. Okay. Uh, He's known as a magician. Con artist possible piece of shit but uh or <laughs> or the count. secret of the cosmos so uh the same similarity uh, some similarities he has to saint germain is good look strong jawline, persuasive nature you want to listen to him good with the ladies uh and later he marries a very popular or gets together with a very popular singer known as deladia and uh Ladia does not like him when he decides to shoot a man oh but he's just a weird guy overall but he, he does the experiment he claims he's saint germain he claims he's seventeen thousand years old and well we're up to seventeen thousand <laughs> now yeah, yeah. he is older than yeah. the history of humans yeah according to modern this is why i said this was just a fun one i like it but uh i like it in 83 he is found dead in his car with a suicide note he committed suicide now, I 100% believe this to be true, but on another bullshit website, they said his body was never recovered. If that is true, I guarantee you there's no actual information to, mm-hmm. like, guarantee that. But, you know, St. Germain, moral of the story, what I get from this is that St. Germain is such a dope guy that this, this Richard Chanfrey character almost wanted to pick yeah, up the persona yeah, he dedicated like at least a decade of his life dude to, if you're gonna be a magician and pick a be persona Jermaine. that's <laughs> the one like, yeah. gotta be one of the coolest ones to pick right yeah so uh is that the end of that one yeah it was just a, a little bullshit fun one but i like I, it i like to put it in just because it was very recent like it went all the way up to 83 i like it i have a cool little story i found here and this uh this one takes place in new orleans and uh Nolans. Nolans, yeah. Nolans. Literally. And uh Red was saying it earlier. This guy goes by the name of Jacques Saint Germain. Slick. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So uh just to to get a little background, like same kind of shit. Like he's uh seen with beautiful women, totally insane charisma. He's a savant. Yeah good guy to be around but uh it's killing it okay so he would throw so he's in new orleans this guy he would throw elaborate dinner parties you know great cuisine 
great liquor. Dude, imagine uh, how good that food was. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's in Nolens yeah. back then. Yeah. Oh, man. They didn't have processed shit. This oh, was all fresh. Yeah. Oh, man. The Cajun food? Yeah. Oh. Dude, he was eating. I can imagine. Yeah, they were eating good. Yeah. Uh, another parallel to, because this guy goes under a slightly different name. Another parallel to the St. Germain we've been talking about this whole podcast. Uh, he would tell stories of France, uh, Italy, uh, just almost all of Europe. Even in this one, apparently Egypt. So he had Africa stories too. Like he was there. Right? Yeah. So uh, he spoke uh, great English, obviously. Uh, and so by this time he mastered it. Yeah. We didn't mention that earlier, but mm-hmm. he knew a lot of languages. Yes. He was so fluent in them, but English he was not as fluent in. Yes. So I guess you know if you're immortal by now he's mastered yeah, it. Yeah. Right? By, by now for sure he's got it down um, with a Cajun accent. I'm assuming. In, uh, I'm putting it in there. <laughs> yeah, from the sources I found, uh, Jacques would claim that he was a direct descendant of the Count of Saint Germain. Oh, so, that's cool. And uh, the way he says it, he was a direct descendant of the Count of Saint Germain, a servant of King Louis the Fifteenth in the 18th century, Ooh. which we already talked about. Now the whole servant thing—I don't know if that was just a title or if he was just cool with the. With the king, which we know he at least knew him and did things with him. I uh, I think that was a more noble yeah, no, uh, title mm-hmm. to be the servant of the and, king. You know, I think it's more like you were directly working for yeah, him. Yeah, now right? that you say that, 100%, I, yeah, I totally agree I, with that. I think it was not like we would think of a servant now. So as I said earlier that he's throwing these elaborate dinner parties, guests noted that portraits of uh, the Count of St. Germain uh, never obviously showed him looking older than 40, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And Jack seemed to be no older than his mid 40s. You, you got to get some drawing. <laughs> Jacques. Jacques. Yeah. Jacques. Dude, I, <laughs> yeah, my little stupid American mind wants to call him Jack, but he's not Jack. Hey, he's, we're both dumb Americans. <laughs> yeah. We're going Jack. <laughs> and this is obviously where I want to say that they were definitely, possibly, the same person, Jacques and the Count of Saint Germain. I, I one thousand percent believe it now. Yeah, uh, and this is another thing that <laughs> is another, no, you're dude. This is the end. I love this story, dude. This is so much. Yeah, uh, Jacques. He seemed to enjoy the mystery that surrounded him, neither confirming or denying. Sounds exactly yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. dude. Germain. It sounds so much like it's, like the Count. Yeah, it's him. Yeah, no, literally. Um, Another. This is going to connect into a thing a little bit later, but when I'm talking about these huge dinner parties, Jacques apparently would never partake in them himself. Mm-hmm. He, he wouldn't eat the food he would provide, even though they're eating exquisite meals. He didn't give a shit. Uh, didn't need to eat. Yeah. Um, so we got this little background of him being this dope guy. Seems to be do pretty wealthy, doing well for himself. Uh, a people person. He's killing I would say. it. Yeah, no, no he's killing he's it. Totally killing it. So uh, later down the line, somebody calls the police on Jacques' apartment. I believe he lived in an apartment. He lives in an apartment, or at least I at, pictured a manor. At least somewhere that has a balcony. I was never. Maybe it was a fat crib. Did it say apartment? It. I would, I'm ignoring that fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, it didn't say apartment. I no. just yeah. He did, this I, man, he had a yeah. hillside manor in the <laughs> yeah. countryside. Yeah, uh, gas lamps. Oh, one hundred percent, dude. Wrap around porch, 
balcony wraparound. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> so so someone calls the police because a a woman throws herself off the balcony of his house. Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and also. Uh, this isn't confirmed, but she is rumored to be a prostitute, which is weird. Uh, May, I mean, she he, wanted him. Yeah, <laughs> she wanted him, but the yeah. count doesn't take women. Uh, That's what happened. She does live, though. By the way, she doesn't throw herself off and die. She lives. So, uh, oh, okay. So they get this She's call. Party whore. This woman jumped off the the balcony of of Jock's house. It's freaking weird, and she claims that she jumped to save herself from Jock. And what is weird is she has bite marks on her neck. Oh, shit. You can visibly see that someone or something has bitten her neck, and she claims that it was Jacques. Um, oh, snap. So the woman is questioned by the police. The police think she's just completely fucking delusional because Jacques, I'm, he, he's at this point very well known in this area. I'm assuming the police... Right, freaking and, like him. And back then, they don't care about women. <laughs> you know, that's I mean, true too. Yeah, to the times they don't yeah. care. So this the is poor, the early 1900s. If the poor woman was totally had a legible complaint, uh, they probably didn't listen to her. And, and then they see Jacques, and he's doing well, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Yeah, this outstanding man. Yeah, like with yeah. this whore. Yeah, uh, we're not going to listen to her. Exactly. That, 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 now I feel bad for. Her. Yeah, that that's poor you, lady. You can definitely infer that that's what kind of, I I don't think that's weird at all. I think that totally makes sense. Yeah, for the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they don't listen to her. Yeah. Right? So uh St. Germain, like I said before, having 99 charisma, he doesn't give a shit. Uh the cops knock on his door. He's like, "Yo, just charms him." He, and I'm putting this into my my own words obviously, but he's like, "Yo, I I'm I'm pretty drunk right now. I I'm not in a mood to talk." Please just come back here tomorrow, and I will cooperate with you. Hey, hold on, do do that again. Get in character. <laughs> got, I want to. I want to feel it, dude. I give I, me Jacques. I I can't, man. I can get into the character. No, I can't do accents, man. Do you got You're a good one for us? Down? You got a good one What's for us? What's the line? Let me see. It. I'll try it. There, there's no line. He just he, he, imagine. What, was it? what the, did he say? The the police comes to his house and are like, uh, he basically persuades them to say. He's like, I, I'm too drunk right now. I just need uh, the night. I will talk to you tomorrow. I don't know that could throw. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, officers. Yeah, there you I've go. I've had too much wine. Yeah. I, uh, I am way hungover. Dude. I would love to cooperate. We will talk more tomorrow. <laughs> She's a crazy wench. No, literally. Uh, you know how it is. I, uh, I will come down to the station. We will talk. Uh, under the police officer. Something like that? Uh, is, that is that okay? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, no problem <laughs> at all. Uh, we, we will be here tomorrow. We understand. Yeah. We've had some crazy we winches sir. before. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> no Especially, problem. Especially, dude, there's some weird witch shit in this time period of the early 1900s. Like, it. anyway, so... Officer, would you like to have some of my <laughs> hemp? We'll have some hemp right now. <laughs> Why do you sound kind of like a samurai? I don't know. Is that point. a samurai? Oh, <laughs> man, I'm so terrible. No, no it, I, I like it. I'm so, thinking uh, Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Uh, Bander- He's like yeah, smooth. Totally, and, Antonio Banderas. That's not Cajun at all, uh, though. So uh, <laughs> so 99 Charisma Jacques, the, the cops go away. Yes, so the goat. They, they show up to his house the next day. And as you could probably infer, Jacques is not there. He is gone. So they do a little search he on his dipped, house. Huh? Yeah, no, he dipped the fuck out. He, he's he's out of there. Uh, now he's seeming super sus. Yeah. So uh, they go through his house, and 
the coolest shit they find is they find wine bottles. And I've heard a few different variations. One is always consistent. There's one ingredient, which from what I can gather is some type of alcohol, mixed with human blood. Mm. Human blood. And Interesting. Yeah, so that is already fucking so... That, that is so weird. But uh, Jacques is never seen again. What? He is never seen again. You put that into perspective, like... What about on a full moon? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. What? So, I want more to the yeah, story. I know. I want so much more, too. He so, was biting a prostitute's neck. Yeah. She calls the cops on him. And they find bottles. Gets him to leave. Yes. Dips, and then they just find bottles with human blood. Yes. So I think there's a few connections you can make here. Uh, one is that this human blood is for some type of alchemy he's doing. We... As we've gathered from this podcast, he, yes. he definitely seems to be an alchemist. The whole diamond stuff, uh, just just a bunch. It's talked about yes. him uh, drinking only water, never eating, only drinking water with some red tincture that yes. he adds to it. Yes. And Is it blood? Is he adding human blood? So Is he rationing out the human blood because he's a vampire? Yeah. So th- this he's is supposedly the son of a Transylvanian prince? Yeah. It, tra- I, I was going to bring that up. Have uh, you? There was a movie called Transylvania, too, which, I mean, it's a shitty animated movie, but, uh, like, people make that connection with a vampire. How do you not make that connection? <laughs> he's biting a woman's neck, and yeah. they find the wine with the blood, and he's supposedly immortal. He's been through all... He's been sighted forever. And, you know, this is, again, where that jock story is so cool, and I just want to know more. But there is not... And, same with this vampire connection, but the the whole thing that grips me with me, I want to believe that he's a vampire, is that that girl had bite marks in her neck. Why in the fuck would she have bite marks? It just it doesn't add up to me. Crazy sex kink, bro. <laughs> yeah, ma- dude. Could be. Maybe Could he be was a, a sex kink. I mean, I mean, if we're being honest here, that's possible. Like, it's possible. Yeah. But with all the other weird St. Germain connections, yes. him supposedly being the descendant but acting exactly like the, yes. the count, I don't know, man. This is uh, – And whew. I agree with you that I feel like it has to be more than him just having a sex kink. But regardless, so I really try to dig deep – voice crack. I really try to dig deep in the va- vampire connection, and mm-hmm. I just – really couldn't find much other than this really freaking cool story. But the parallels that I can make is that he had flawless skin that never seems to age. We can infer that by him always yeah. being looking in his mid-40s. He's always in the mid-40s. With this whole pers- When Jacques yeah. showed up, he was in the mid-40s. Yeah. Yeah. He shows up on the scene, 100%. mid-40s. Same. No mention of him or younger. Yeah, and that that's one thing. I couldn't, I couldn't find a birth date of this Jacques. I couldn't uh, there's no death. There's no he. He's there in New Orleans, and then he's gone. Yeah, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. So uh, he has flawless skin that never age. He has eyes that pierce into your soul. This is how I guess some women or New Orleans people mm-hmm. described him. Did he have a reflection? I <laughs> I wish, dude. Did he like garlic? Yeah, yeah. Was he was he a Twilight vampire? But uh. Yeah, did, yeah. Did he have a glittery <laughs> yeah, chest? In yeah, the sunlight? <laughs> uh, 
And, That's so ridiculous. And th- this is another connection. He's never hungry, but thirsty. Like you said, with your the whole thing with water, with a red tent, mm-hmm. with the blood, what what I'm just going to call blood wine. I don't know for sure if it's wine, but we know there's fucking human blood in there. Yep. Um, Stem cells, placenta. People would say that uh, even though he's a dope guy to be around, something feels a little off, a little strange. Um and mm, this got is where a weird energy about yeah. Him, this huh? is where I connect back to the King Louis the Fifteenth quote, which yeah. I know you said is a little weird, but this is a man who knows everything and never dies. Uh, that was a Voltaire quote. Oh, huh, weird. Yeah, yeah, Voltaire. Okay, quote it was about. Voltaire. That, okay, that's Voltaire. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he spoke. Uh, he he supposedly spoke yeah. like eight or nine languages. It, I know, fluently, and he spoke them like he was a yeah, native. I know he at least, as yeah. far as I know, he spoke at least six fluently. And then I, you know, he knows your, your right. other dialect or another language here, or another something there. The myths vary. But uh, sure. what I can get from this is he is 100, this Jacques character, even the Count, he is 100% an alchemist. He is 100% a smart guy and very possibly weird in his off time yeah uh and now you have anything else to add on to that before i segue a little bit i feel like it's time to segue into our theories okay deeper you you want to get it started here or do you want me to get it started obviously he's palpatine (laughs) uh he's been cloning himself he's been throughout the centuries dude uh no (laughs) 100 percent though i mean disney kind of ruined it there but i mean yeah. Not to go off on a tangent. It yeah. Was, it's a joke. But yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, okay, look, if if we're looking at this factually, um, there would have to be like a whole secret group dedicated to grooming the next St. Germain over the centuries. You would have to continually yes. groom another genius polymath or just... I feel like you would have to be a genius. And I totally agree with uh, you there. Or be- close to a genius to yeah. fake the polymath part. And and you would have to be, they'd have to be grooming someone that looks similar um, over the generations, you know, or if it's his offspring over the generations. Mm-hmm. You have to keep grooming this same guy over and over, multiple of them, over and over again, that knows all the same shit that the last one knew. Yeah, and it's not like Jacques just could have hopped on the internet and fucking found out the theories of Saint Germain and done it right. himself. Like, I mean, it's um. So is it is it possible that it's just a flesh and blood regular person like us? Yes, but it would have to be multiple people throughout the centuries. It uh-huh. have to be multiple people. They would have to all know what the last one knew, and then have and speak. You know six nine languages whatever it is be amazing at the violin and just have this all this knowledge of alchemy um it's that's tough man i find that hard i find that hard to believe i find that super hard to believe but imagine if the og saint germain had his son and like dedicated like 20 or what however many years to make him know what he knows and then that yeah. son grows up and does the same thing like 
That would be cool, but there's no way, man. And what's the point of that? Exactly. What is, is the point, point? Just to make a legendary theme around you there's, originally? Yeah, there's no way, man. There's no way. I like. Are, are you going to expect all your offspring to just perpetuate the legend of just you? That doesn't seem... And it seems pretty selfish, too. Yeah, that seems weird. Yeah, it, I don't... I don't go with that one, especially with it like he seemed to be so uninterested in women. It And uh, I, there was somewhere, too, I mentioned that he said uh, it was with the uh, soldiers in World War One. He said he never known a woman mm-hmm. like he never physically, which is he never had intercourse, which I supposedly gu- he said that I guess is kind of I guess you could say a plot hole with a jock. But I uh, genuinely think that mm-hmm. at least the Jacques character like. He would get women for what he wanted them for, not the sex. The blood. Yeah, the blood, or maybe he just wanted a nice <laughs> person to talk to. But I don't think he has any shortage of that. So I, mm, I feel mm-hmm. like everything had a reason to it, you know? Or maybe it's because, uh, I don't want to sound sexist, but uh, women in general are more open to the... Uh, outlandish fantastical ideas honestly so maybe he felt like he could open up to them a little more than he could men about whatever his crazy situation was i'm just throwing that out no i I don't know i i totally get what you mean like i feel like a lot of like you know if he was to tell this kind of shit he said to a normal guy working a nine to five and whatever fucking rice patty or factory or they whatever. They might be like, get the fuck yeah. away from me, you yes, weird please fuck. please leave me alone. You are crazy. Uh, um, I, I made another connection, too. What's that? So uh, if y'all listen to our Philosopher's Stone episode, it, and it's totally cool if you didn't. I'll give a, a real fast rundown. So in the early 2010s, an anonymous uh, book appears online mm-hmm. w- with... A supposed instructions of how to make a philosopher's stone yes. and uh if we want to infer that jacques or not jacques just in general the, the count. count of saint germain uh has been living this long is quote unquote immortal he has to have something what i want to believe is a philosopher's stone him being almost 100 percent, he was an alchemist mm-hmm. uh imagine if the count is still alive to this day, and I believe it was early 2010s, I want to say it's like 2012 or 2013. Imagine if he released the book of Aquarius. Imagine, dude. So, the book of Aquarius, it has the instructions supposedly to create a philosopher's stone. I, I just, that, I don't know. Yeah, that's a cool conspiracy. I'm glad that you coined it. I don't know yeah. that anyone else has. I, I feel like I definitely coined that one. I don't, and this is just a far out one that I just, just it's research. far out. I it's like it. totally far out. I, I doubt it's real, but I just I don't thought know. it was a cool connection. I don't yeah. think that one, I like the idea. I get the connection. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, don't believe so it's real. Because but in I think the book cool. of Aquarius, the Philosopher's Stone is built on urine. And the Count seems yeah. to be obsessed with blood. With blood. But I, but I'm not, maybe is throwing you off. No, I, I don't know. Maybe I agree. I just, just for sure, the Philosopher's Stone is supposedly built up on, like, human 
shit from humans because you not need, shit but like no yeah yeah stuff uh, stuff from humans some of your bodily yeah. essence yeah. in some form your you, flesh you your blood need, yeah your, you need that human ex- actually i think some do deal with excrement i but yeah 100 percent. it's been saliva yeah tears yeah things sweat it, it, piss all your that hair stuff. it could be anything yes. so but I just thought that was a cool little tinfoil hatty fun connection. No, but I one, like it. It would yeah, be one hundred percent. I I don't it, believe cool. in it, but I I as I was researching, I was like, dude, imagine if Jermaine is the one right. who posted I this mean, online anonymously. No one knows who wrote the yeah, book. No one does know. No one knows. It's a mis- It's a mystery. Uh, maybe he was. He's supposedly an alchemist. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did. Maybe that, yeah. maybe he wrote it to throw everyone off. You know. I maybe I (laughs) this is just the bullshitty part of the podcast, but I it's just fun to think about stuff like that, man. It is. That's what's cool about the Count of Saint Germain is that it really never ends. What do you think about the vampire one? So um, he also, uh, if you look at his portrait and you look at the paintings, yeah, yeah. he was he said he was a Transylvanian prince. If you look at the paintings, he looks a lot like Vlad the Impaler. Who everyone? AKA. That's where the Dracula ideas come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look very similar. Uh, yes, that is another theory that he's Dracula. Very pasty white skin, strong jawline. Like, yeah, the nose. It looks yeah, the, the no- facial. Yeah. The facial the features. features are very similar. Man, imagine if that Transylvanian prince is actually Vlad the Impaler. That has that has somehow become a vampire and become immortal. You know, I, this T- ties in with Jacques. Yeah. It, it, that I feel like I, I was kind of thinking like there wasn't a bunch, but if, if you do tie that into the Jacques stuff, like there is like, that's a big wide timeline that, mm-hmm. you know, it, I could see it plausible. That's what both, like I said earlier, it intrigues me and pisses me off about yeah. this whole topic is that I love it. But there is just no firm evidence. Like, there is some good evidence, but you can't pinpoint anything for sure. But at the end of the day, there is definitely some weird shit going on here. Yeah, there's something odd. With how many different uh, centuries it was documented in, like, we at least went over three. we, We went over shit in the 1700s, 1800s, and 1900s. Like, we at least have 250 to 300 years of different accounts to go on. And with that yeah. alone, there is at least a little bit of validity to some of the shit going on here. Right. Do you have any other weird theories about what the count I really, who he is or what it is? I don't really have much more. Uh, you got anything, or is that I about have it? one. Okay. I, I haven't fully formed this idea, but I have, I have this idea. Let's um, get into it. Um, what if, uh, because, you know, let's say we are in a sort of simulation or a matrix. Let's just assume okay. that for this. Okay. Um, and everyone mathematically uh it figures out everyone's timeline of when they're supposed to live or die and the average is 80 years old okay we're getting we're getting here okay okay and some people uh die in the womb and never make it uh statistically one person shouldn't die that's what i'm that's my theory i 
I, I'm, oh. I barely formed it. No, uh, wait, I, I didn't get it for a sec, but now I, I, I know where you're coming from. Okay, like, yeah, what now, if just statistically, yeah. uh, like, statistically everyone dies, but what if there's, like, that point zero 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 one percent of people that don't die? Yeah, I'm... And and then he's just that guy that just keeps living, and he doesn't know why, dude. This is what like, if what yeah. if he doesn't know why? He just keeps living. He just he's just he's reached uh, the peak the peak man of whatever forty five or whatever, and then when he goes to age, he doesn't because he's just a statistic a statistic anomaly that just keeps living, and he's just surviving throughout the ages. You know, I want to say that that is completely. I don't know that crazy, anyone else has had but- that theory. No, I haven't heard anything. That's my like own that. stupid retarded theory I came up with. That's like some like Marvel shit. Like he's like a mutant and just like Yeah, just for some reason. Or he has just if the multiverse exists, he's reached this is the multiverse where he doesn't die. He just continues to keep on living for some reason. God, I it never ends. Is is he a fucking time traveler? With the whole being oh. able to, I guess that's something that I just got off the cuff with the World War One and World War Two stuff. He's and a time traveler. Yeah, he just I keeps popping up. Touched on you, you and me touched on a little bit in France. Like I like that one. Can he maybe is 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 he a time traveler? Is he is he just maybe kind of psychic? Is is he just so fucking smart and so old that he's seen this stuff happen before and he can kind of make a good inferred guess? I don't know. I like but, the time traveler one, though. Yeah. What if, what if all these events, though, some of them only last for a few months or a few weeks or a day or so, he's just time traveling. Mm-hmm. And to him, it's all happened within, like, fucking six months. That Do, makes sense, too. Yeah, maybe he got to the age of 40 or whatever and figured out time travel. The, the fucking teleporter or like <laughs> from the future. He yeah. figured it out. Yeah. And he's a gen- obviously, he's a genius. He figured out the time travel. Honestly, and he's going back, and yeah, and he's not eating yeah. the food there because uh, he doesn't want to mess with the. Uh, he doesn't want to create yeah, a the butterfly, butterfly effect. effect. Yeah, you know what? what a, oh, that's one, a good one. I like that one, dude. We both touch. I've th- this little weird ramble at the end. Like, honestly, it's it's. I feel like we've kind of gotten really cool insights on maybe it's this, maybe it's not, and this is where this theory just yeah is both unfortunate and cool that it's just right make your own theory about oh, it, man. i should throw out another one okay um a lot of people also think that the actor uh kevin pollock is uh <laughs> saint germain because he looks similar <laughs> and uh one of my favorite podcasts got him to come on and say it but uh and and say a thing but about it that he was it but it, it was cool but uh you know maybe he is by the way go ahead and shout out that podcast astonishing legends so we got i love them yeah yeah they, they do good work there yeah they they do great they're awesome we love them but uh yeah i i mean who knows uh that's that's why this one is so cool because there's so many references and many of them are very reputable mm-hmm. um or at least know, semi-reputable you know i feel like some of them are real reputable yeah. some of them get sketchy but it's just like uh, the thing, it's it's expanded, it's gone on for so long, and it's just, uh, it's so interesting. Uh, That's why, in my personal opinion, there's got to be at least some truth yeah, to this. By the way, there's like hundreds of books written about him throughout the ages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the time in the 1700s. There, there have been books written about him ever since, until our day and age. They still write books about him. 
So it's uh, you know, it's, and it's then like cool we said, one, now there's in the early nineteen, there's a whole religion around him now. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's a cool guy. So hey, if you're out there, count. We would love to just yeah. hang out with you. And Talk to me, brother. I'll get you spring water. I mean, if you want a whore to suck their blood, I don't know what you want, dude. We'll hook you up, dude. All like in. Put can me you bite me IV. and make me a vampire? Yeah. Put, can, can can you bite me and make me immortal? <laughs> yeah. Does it work that way? You know, I don't think it works that way. But if it did, count me in. It, it does. I saw. I saw Blade. If it works that way. <laughs> it does work. That, yeah. 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 Yeah, we will keep Wesley Snipes away. You'll be safe. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think that's all we got. Uh, you got anything else, Jake? You know, I don't got much else. Uh, if you made it this far in the podcast, you are a real one. I appreciate the listen. Uh, yeah. And one thing I like to – I've been trying to kind of include recently, like if I fuck something up or if Red fucks something up, like if, if we said something a little wrong or – or it's because we're smooth brain. <laughs> yeah. We're let smooth. us know. Drop a comment. Let us know. Uh, but I don't really. I don't. Yep. You can hit yeah. us up on Twitter now. Uh, we have a website now. Yeah. Check it out. Um, so, you know, we're trying to be as legit, uh, you know, you know, retards as we can. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, to, sorry if you're offended by that word. Yeah. But, uh, to, yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we're doing our best here. We appreciate everyone. Um Check out our website. Check out Twitter. Check out the merch, you know, if you don't mind. Buy all of our merch. You need, <laughs> you need three of everything. <laughs> but Just one uh, for your wife, your kid, you, your hey, If anything, drop us a like. We appreciate it. So, hey, thanks. This is Red. This is Jake. Till next time. See you.